everybody, this is Nancy Miller of My Creative Life, and today I'm interviewing Haley Ward. Haley, thank you for being on My Creative Life. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, Haley, um, let's start with, uh, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, sure. I'm a Statesboro, Georgia native. I was born and raised here. I um, moved to uh, Savannah, Georgia for my first couple years of college where I was a studio major. And then I came back to Statesboro to Georgia Southern um, when I decided that I wanted to be a teacher, to be an art teacher. And so I kind of settled in Statesboro and then I moved all over after that. I worked at Langston Chapel as the elementary school teacher there. And then I moved to Germany and worked for the army as a school age services uh, program assistant. And I moved, because of the military, I was married to a soldier at the time. We moved to Virginia and Florida and South Carolina. And then I finally settled back here. And I've been here teaching at States for High School. This is my fifth year now. And I love it. Oh, awesome. Thank you for sharing that with us. So I have a list of these questions and we'll just kind of go through, uh, you know, and sometimes I always think of other ones, but the first one I want to ask you, can you remember the first time you remember creating art? Yeah, I actually have this vivid memory of being at my great grandmother's house. She was a little tiny lady. Um, I think she was four foot 10 and she was a self-taught artist um, in Sardis, Georgia. I don't know if you know where that is. It's in the middle of nowhere, kind of towards Millen, but she had a little tiny country house and a porch with tons of painting supplies. I think she probably watched Bob Ross um, (laughs) and did some of those, but she was kind of famous in her little area for making art for people. And she just taught herself and loved it. And when I was probably just barely walking, probably uh, potty training three years old, maybe two or three Mm -hmm. years old, she had a painting of a bird on her front porch where in the screened in porch. And I remember just standing in front of it and thinking, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my whole life. This painting is so awesome. And so I think she saw me standing there just kind of transfixed in front of this painting. And so she got out some um, printer paper and a Crayola watercolor set and she set it up for me. And I just started kind of, going to town paper after paper after paper all afternoon and my mom finally said Haley stop wasting all of grandma's paper and my grandmother scolded her and said don't ever tell that baby that she's wasting paper she's making art and so that's my first memory oh that's awesome yeah I always find that the people I've interviewed um they distinctly remember when the first time they made artwork and they were always usually some kind of family member that encouraged them to keep going. So that's awesome. Yeah. So I was curious, what is your favorite type of art to make these days? Uh, it's still painting oh, from nice. that day on. Like painting is still my heart and my favorite thing to do. It's changed a little bit. Um, when I was younger, I was a little more impatient. So mm. I mostly did acrylic because it dried fast and I could work with it really easily. But as I'm getting a little bit older and have a studio where I can keep stuff set up for longer periods of time, I'm falling in love with oil paint. So that's what I'm into right now. Oh, nice. I find oil painting to be so challenging because I've only oil painted (laughs) once and that was when I was in college. And 
it's such if you're used to acrylics, you're used to the fast drying, and then I didn't like how right. it mixed for colors, but that's amazing that you have a way with the painting. I'm more of a, I always think of more of a, a drawer, I guess. I just always gravitated more to drawing and stuff. So anybody who paints, I always think, like, it's amazing that you can do what you do with paint. <laughs> so my next question is, who are some of the artists that have inspired you in your art journey? Uh, there are a bunch. There are so many. Um, the first one I, I want to really talk about is my art teacher in high school, and oh. I think you know him too, okay. uh, Bunyan Morris. Oh, nice. He was my high school art teacher, um, and he continues to inspire me because he um, he worked at the high school that I'm in now before I got there, and he was also my teacher, but um, he makes time to paint now, and mm -hmm. he has his own studio and these beautiful watercolors that he makes and bright bold colors and so he's always when when I was 16 um he kind of planted in me that you can do this you can actually be an artist if you want to and he treated us like we were already artists which we were mm -hmm. and um I've always remembered that and respected him and his art making and of course my students I know that's cliched as a teacher to say that my students inspire me but Whenever we go on art club workshops and we're going to different universities and we're in that art making environment, just seeing the excitement that my kids have makes me want to be excited <laughs> and um, make more art. And then the big ones, um, like the famous ones that everybody knows, the Van Gogh, when I went to France, I got to see oh, nice. the same scenery that he painted, and I've read his letters to his brother, so he's special to me, and then the Fauve artists with their bright, bold colors, Matisse and Durang, and um, then you actually um, turned me on to John Holcroft mm -hmm. um, when I was teaching some of the digital lessons this year. Oh. I thought his um, illustrations, his narrative okay. work was really cool. And I could go on and on forever, but I'll stop. <laughs> oh, no, no. It's, uh, it's awesome when you talk about how your students inspire you. Um, yeah, I think it's a, this weird, you know, as a teacher, it's this symbiotic relationship. They have such a different perspective. I think because they're it's all new, it's it's pretty exciting. And then when they are doing something that you're like, wow, they, they're really catching on, you know. I think that's the great part about being a teacher. Yeah, and sometimes I have these ideas, okay, this is our project, and I kind of envision what the kids are going to create when I give them the prompts or the, the journal entry, the sketchbook entries that I want them to do, and then I walk around and I see that they've taken it, taken it to a whole other level, and it just blows my mind. Um, uh, those are the moments that, that are really inspiring for me. That's awesome. And I think probably one of the things I've realized for myself, and I know everybody's different, but like you mentioned, you know, you're an artist, you're a teacher. I think that has been a side of myself that I feel like I really have to nurture in order to feel like I can keep teaching and stay motivated to want to come right. up with new art lessons and uh, to keep exploring because it's, I don't know, it's weird. It's like you do art for 20 some years and you go like, it never gets boring. <laughs> it never gets and you want to share that excitement with the, you know, people who feel the same way about it. Exactly. So I was wondering, you know, I, I feel like you kind of hit on the point about your grandmother inspiring you to be an artist, but what really inspired you to become a teacher? Well, I fought it. It's funny that you asked me that because mm -hmm. I fought it for a long time. Oh. Um, I started out 
um, like every kid in high school that loves art in this area, you want to go to SCAD. Um, but that was a little far out of reach for my family's pocketbook. Um, and student loans were kind of scary at that large amount. So I got as close as I could um, by going to Armstrong and Savannah because I just love that Savannah atmosphere. But for two years, I did not want to be a teacher. I wanted to just be an artist. And I had to get a job when I moved from Statesboro. And the only jobs that I could find were working at the YMCA. And so I was dreading it. I was like, I don't want to work with kids. Uh, My 18-year-old self thought it was so lame to work with kids and babysit. Um, But I did it because I needed a job. And once I got into the schools and the after-school programs, I fell in love with kids and working with kids. Mm -hmm. And I found that the kids kind of liked hanging out with me. And that made me feel good. You know, like Mm -hmm. the, the ones that were tough to reach or the ones that were considered the bad kids would kind of gravitate towards me. And, um, we had a great time. And, and after two years of saying, I'm not going to do that. Um, finally, God kind of brought me to my knees, if you will. And, and kind of just showed me, this is what I want for your life. Stop Mm -hmm. fighting it. And so ever since that moment, every door has opened. Um, I've fallen in love with art education and spending time with those students. And since I surrendered to what God wanted in my life, um, things just got really great. That's awesome. Now, it's interesting because you've taught elementary and high school. Um, Have Mm -hmm. you taught middle school? Did you do middle school as well? Student teaching. During my student teaching, I did. And then when I worked for the Army, um, after school programs, I worked with some middle school kids then too. Okay. Well, you never know. There might be people in the audience who are thinking about becoming art teachers. Do you, do you want to kind of go over some of the differences about being in elementary versus teaching older students in high school, kind of from your experience that you've noticed? Yeah, people ask me that sometimes because I have taught all ages at one point or another. Um, I've been teaching for 13 years, so some of those have been in in every grade level and I tell them that I love each grade age group for different reasons Mm -hmm. um the elementary students I feel like you still get to show them art magic when you walk in you are one of the favorite teachers and you're a local celebrity because they're probably 800 kids at elementary schools here, um, unless you're out in the county at the smaller schools. But going to Walmart, you'll hear your name a million times when you're in the grocery aisle. Um, And when you teach them that blue and yellow make green, you get to see those moments of, wow, I just made a new color Uh that you don't really get um, as students age. And then in middle school, um, I feel like, they're at such a middle school is such a terrible time for everyone. Um, I think all of us have these horrible middle school memories. And for me, when I was in the middle school classroom, I felt like I got to have a little piece of, um, easing that journey for them because the art room is a safe place. And you also, I also had the opportunity to kind of tell turds they were being turds. (laughs) (laughs) and like hopefully shape them into better humans um and then high school is is where I'm at now so of course that's where my my heart and my love is um 
they I get to have real conversations with them and it's a time period where they're kind of closing their parents out more mm-hmm. and <clears throat> leaning on um, the support at school of their friends and trusted teachers so I get to be there um, emotionally for them and I also get to see them do amazing things because their skills are so much more advanced mm-hmm. and you can turn your back and work one-on-one with a, a kid that needs it and trust that the other kids are going to continue and be okay. So there's a lot more flexibility um, with high school as far as that goes. It's um, <clears throat> Elementary school, I feel like, is physically more draining. Mm-hmm. It's like the art you have to be the art teacher show. You mm-hmm. have to sing and dance and move quickly from class to class. Um, mm-hmm. High school can be a, emotionally more exhausting. Mm-hmm. but. Yeah, I think those are all, the experiences are very similar from what I've experienced too. I I feel the same way about elementary school. And um, like you said, there's different things from elementary, middle, and high school that you'll find that you really love. And the thing that I found with high school is, like you said, the skill ability. You go like, wow, some of these students really like what they're doing and they're they naturally kind of gravitate towards that area. So I, I do get to see some students that I'm like, wow, I had no idea you, you could come up with this design and put this all together. It looks so professional. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, and it's, it makes me go like, wow, maybe, you know, it is interesting to see. And like the weird thing is like in elementary, because I've, you know, when you've taught as long as we have, it's been cool to see the ones in elementary, they are actually studying art or they're they're artists themselves now so like that's what amazes me I was like I could tell like in elementary school I was like that kid really loves art I'm pretty sure this one's going to end up going somewhere with art and it's interesting to see and now I'm like oh my gosh they became a photographer or they've they're going in this and then in high school it's kind of the similar thing it's like I get them towards you get them towards the tail end and then you watch as if they make that choice and there's some in the group there's a small number where I teach that I go like, oh, I have a feeling they'll probably do something where they're being creative or they're doing something more hands-on. They probably, um, just because of the way they gravitate towards the arts. Right. So, but anyways, um, my next question is, um, so are there, is there anything like you personally are working on currently for your own artwork? Um, yeah, actually right now, I'm working on a really large oil painting of my current house um, because my husband and I are in the process of building a new house, but um, because this one is very old and it's falling apart and we tried to save it several times, but it's just to the point where it's not really savable. I think it was built in the forties and it, there were several years where it was kind of abandoned and not very taken care of. So it's bittersweet to see all the memories that we've shared together in this home um, to be torn down because we're going to build on the same spot. Um, So I'm working on an oil painting of this house so that we'll always kind of have the memories of this house before we build the new house. Oh, cool. So how big is it? Is it pretty big? Um, It's a two-story, like... um, uh, farm style um, oh, house. Okay. Uh, it's yeah. nothing super special. <clears throat> My husband actually is like looking forward to the day where he gets, he said he's going to drive the bulldozer because he sees all the problems oh. and, and he has to fix, but I'm more sentimental than he is. <laughs> so are you, 
I'm just curious, are you thinking about building something similar to that? Because with your art background, you, you know, you can kind of envision or think about what you want. Yeah, I actually drew, like, we sat down one night and talked about what we would like our new home to look like. So I have a pencil drawing, a color pencil drawing of um, our new home, which the room, the layout is going to be similar. It's just going to be a little nicer to look at from the outside. Well, congratulations. That's exciting. Your your um, family, the kids must be, are they thrilled? They must be thrilled, excited. Yeah, they're, they're excited. They're, gonna, they're excited to get their new rooms and things like that. Um, and I'm, I've also been working on um, kind of my my concentration right now for the past couple of years has been dumpsters. Oh, I don't know if you've okay. seen any of my dumpsters. No, I haven't. Um, but <clears throat> it started when I went to a SCAD educators training okay. and they were going to take us to the botanical gardens because SCAD always does a really good job of um, taking care of their educators at these events that they they host but we were waiting to get into the back entrance of the botanical gardens in atlanta mm. and so we were waiting and waiting and when you're in that environment of scad you just feel like everything is art and you're looking at everything through an artist's lens and so there was a big yellow dumpster outside <laughs> and it was just kind of funny that we were going into this beautiful place mm. um and while we were waiting we are looking at this dumpster that nobody is an eyesore that was oh, stuck okay. in the back that nobody really wanted to see but um, I took a picture of it and then later painted it like a zoomed in version. It looks very industrial. You can't really tell that they're dumpsters when I get mm -hmm. done painting them. But um, I just like the idea of seeing something beautiful and something that's been discarded or hidden or tucked away. And the scratches and the marks and the dents and the dings all tell stories of something somebody was throwing away or bumped into it. And so... I got some heavy bodied acrylic that I'm going to try oh. out for my next dumpster. Oh, cool. I have to check those out. I have not seen those. That's cool. Yeah, I'll have to post them somewhere. Oh, yeah. And actually, if it's okay, I would love to post some of those with with my, when I post this. And I can yeah, yeah. I'll that'd send be great. Some that I have. Oh, that'd be great. So I was curious. Um, so where is your favorite place? Currently, I guess it's your studio that you have that you're making artwork. Is that your favorite place to make art or is it at school or do you, you know, on your it's own? Funny. Yeah, my husband, when um, we first got married, he cleared out all of his weight um, equipment and gave me this beautiful studio wow. space. And it has a window that looks at our pond and it's gorgeous. And I set up all my art stuff in there, but I'm such a social person. Mm. I end up taking my supplies out of the studio and sitting on the couch with the <laughs> So I pretty much have my artwork spread everywhere. Even though I have a designated beautiful studio space, I um, I tend to be out in the mix with the family on the couch. Gotcha. Oh, it's funny. I'm like the total opposite. I have to close my door because my son will be like, what are you doing, mom? What's going on? It's like, like I'm having a party in here or something, you know, he always wants to come in and see like, but he doesn't really like to make the art. He just is curious, like what I'm doing. Oh, and by the way, do you, any of your kids, like, are they interested? Is has some of that influence from you kind of gone into your kids? Do they like to make art? Do they really gravitate towards that? Or are they just not interested? <laughs> Cause, um, you know. Yeah, a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. um, I, especially now because we're, we're in quarantine mode and everyone's kind of learning how to do school at home with their kids 
Um, we have an art time that they can choose. I give them a list of stuff that they have to get done during the day, and then art is an option that they can choose if they want to. And usually most days they all choose to do an art activity with me, which is fun. And then um, our oldest, Grace, is in my class this year and oh, as a ninth grader. Oh, wow. Um, but she's a lot like her dad. She's kind of a perfectionist. She has a vision and wants it to look exactly like her vision. And when it doesn't, she gets frustrated and um, it, it's becoming something that's not joyful for her, um, which is sad for me because I try, I would love for her to take art all four years, but, um, and to be an art club and all the, the stuff that I love, but I think she's going to venture into other things next year. Um, Grant, our middle um, son is, um, He'll do it for five-minute increments. Okay. He's not going to spend a lot of time on it, but he'll do quick ones. And then Reagan um, is our youngest, and she has my soul. She mm. can stay at the table making a creation or sewing Barbie clothes for hours. So mm. I think she'll probably end up wanting to, to take art. That's nice. Yeah, my son, I feel a little bit like he's a traitor. He loves music. He's a music person, and that's okay. You know, he had this amazing music teacher in elementary school, and she's the one that encouraged him to explore music and would do these piano lessons after school with him. Amazing music teacher. And so that interest is carried through. But he has this fantastic eye for art. Like, I'll have him look at my – like, I'm working on a graduate project for my for my uh, illustration class. I'll be like, hey, come over here. Come look at this. Tell me what to He's like, <laughs> And he critiques really well. He's very direct, and he gets it every time. And he'll point out things that the professor is like, you know, will notice compositionally or whatever. And I'm like, I really wish he would like art more. But, you, you know, you can't for force it. It's definitely like one of those things. It's either your cup of tea or it's not. So. I know, and, but it breaks your heart when they want to choose other things. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, what about all the years I spent with the crafts and the arts in elementary school? <laughs> and now he's just like, no, I'm just... Uh, you know, he just prefers music, and that's fine. I mean, that's a lot along the lines of what his dad, they they both play trombone and, and things like that. So that's, you know, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what is currently the most indispensable item in your studio? Um, I love a good angled brush. Mm. Um, and I've actually found it by accident, but um, Risa the Bullet County ordering catalog for the, the teachers <clears throat> to use has a four pack of Crayola paintbrushes and you can buy them at Walmart or anywhere, but they're like the four pack big kid brushes. Okay. Um, and there's a yellow one with an angle in that four pack that I love. Oh. <laughs> and I, I, if I had one yeah. paintbrush, I would, I would use it. Um, I have nicer ones like yeah. this one I have with me today is a, it's a Princeton select. Mm -hmm angular shader that one's good too but the Crayola ones are really nice because I'm not always the best you know don't tell my students but, um, I'm not always the best at taking care of my brushes especially when I have five minutes here or there to work on a painting and I'll forget it or think I'm coming back after I'm stirring something for dinner mm -hmm. um, so my brushes tend to have a rough road ahead of them and the Crayola ones it's like four dollars for the pack of four or five dollars and they're really good because Crayola's been around forever. They know what they're doing. And if I do happen to ruin one, it's not the end of the world. I can buy another <laughs> pack of kid paintbrushes. Yeah, but. I agree with you. I'm like, 
I've used to spend more money on my paintbrushes, and now I'm like, eh, go whatever's on sale. Though I've been sorely tempted ever since I watched this YouTube vid video about uh, for watercolor brushes, those Kalinsky watercolor brushes, they're so expensive. Like, I held one at Dick Blick. Like, I went and I was just like, let me go check them out because they're, they're supposed to be the top-of-line watercolor brushes. And I held it <laughs> and I saw the price and I was like, I'm putting that back because <laughs> I've never spent... Like, they go upwards to hundreds of dollars for a paintbrush. And I was like, I've never spent that much. It seems, it seems a little bit too decadent. <laughs> it's like... And part of the reason why I like the yeah. Princeton Select brushes uh -huh. is that they have really beautiful handles. This blue, that, uh -huh. I know that's like the wrong reason to buy a paintbrush, but <laughs> I really like the way they look, and they're pretty brushes, and the, the bristles are really soft and resilient, um, so nice. those are my other choices, are the Princeton Selects. So I was curious, you mentioned you'd take five minutes here or five minutes there to paint, like... So how do you stay motivated? Because you have a lot of different hats that you wear, your mom, your wife, your full-time art teacher, and then you're an artist. And so when do you, how do you manage that? Um, most of my big painting sessions happen um, on weeks where my husband works in an ER. He's an ER provider, so he has 24 and 48 hour shifts. Oh. So the nights when I tuck um, my youngest into bed at 8.30, I'll sit on the couch and put on something on Netflix and just paint for a couple hours until um, bedtime. Those are my most productive times, um, which are kind of built in alone time for us. Um, but also just whenever I can, like the, since we're doing this homeschool stuff, when the kids sit down to do their work around the table and they have their laptops out, um, it's been really nice uh, to get some artwork done. And then other art teachers that push me um, have been the biggest reason I've gotten stuff done lately. Okay. Um, my friend Kimberly Kaiser, she's oh, yeah. um, the teacher at William James. Mm -hmm. So sweet. Now here in Statesboro, mm -hmm. um, she sends me progress of her artwork and says, what are you working on? Mm -hmm. And so we've been kind of um, encouraging each other to to make that time for ourselves. And then several times this school year, we've um, invited all the art teachers together, not for professional development, mm -hmm. but to just come to my house and um, have a glass of wine and paint, bring whatever we're working on at the time. And those have been really nice for us. That's great. I find as I'm studying for my graduate program, it's been nice connecting um, because I've been doing the e-learning thing and connecting with other artists, even though we're not technically in a live class together, like just that camaraderie and being able to go back and forth. And I have a friend of mine, she's so sweet, but she's all the way in Alabama. And so I would just shoot a picture and send it to her or whatever I'm working on and I'd be like can you give me some feedback what do you think how am I doing and so she's been amazing and then some of the other you know classmates they're really very supportive about you know the direction you know you're going in and you know offering advice I think that's one of the biggest things that I found from going to graduate school it's the critiquing like I used to hate it absolutely hate it in my undergrad and high school yeah, I did too. <laughs> and now I'm like bring it on. I need, I, you know, it's just like, 
because otherwise you you do things and you're you're kind of in this bubble and then when you're like oh having that other you know viewpoints and suggestions you're like oh it's so much better and I yeah and I think that was the biggest thing for me I had to be at a certain point in my I don't know just that mindset and be like you know what I I I'm not you know I'm still learning I'm still growing as an artist and you know so what if like it didn't you know I tried my best at it but it's never always going to be perfect at least I finished it (laughs) and then um there's always ways to improve and then I look at it as I just use those as bullet points for the next time I work on a piece like I'm always going to be conscious of that because of that mistake and I don't look at them as failures I go like I learned something from that and I can use that again so that's always I think the older I get as an artist the less emotionally attached I get to my artwork when I was in high school and early college I would make something and when you pour hours into it you want to it it's yours it's Mm -hmm. it's when somebody says something about it they're insulting you as a person and it becomes very personal and hard um but I've learned like you said to to appreciate the feedback um the older I get or the, the longer I do this yeah. So yeah, I was I I'm amazed and I I'm grateful when I get feedback and I go like, oh, that was really helpful. So the next thing I want to ask you is like, as far as being an art teacher, because you're an art teacher as well. So how do you stay? Um, how do you keep current? What are some suggestions you would have as an art? You know, as for the art teachers who are out there, how do you keep motivated, excited about what you're doing and teaching? Um, I think a, a big thing, and it, it makes me busier during uh-huh. the school year, but I've planned, every year I plan one or two field trips for uh-huh. my students to see art in a museum uh-huh. um, up close and personal, and I feel like that, um, it, it not only exposes the kids, but like when we went to the High Museum, they have rotating exhibits, they have contemporary artists um, that are that are on display there. And so, um, I learned Virgil Abloh had an exhibit at the high. He's the uh, fashion designer. Um, and he's the first African American to design for Louis Vuitton. Um, and so I had never heard of him before my visit to the high museum with the kids. So just getting out of the classroom, if not even, not even with just a field trip, but just for, me to go to a museum I feel like keeps me current and learning and looking at art in a new way awesome so I was also wondering because you started a digital art program for your school and I was just kind of curious like are there any tips or suggestions you would have because I feel like there's been this big push with art and the tie-in with the STEM and so the technology part becomes a very easy thing to add into that so are there any suggestions or thoughts you would have to for any art teachers who are pursuing that direction of digital arts yes um if I could do I'm going to be teaching it again next year so I've, I've got some questions and requests that I'm going to make to my administrators and they are very um accommodating and super supportive of the arts and my my program. But um, 
we don't have grounded internet in our lab. Um, it's all Wi-Fi. Yeah. And so that is creating a huge issue for my students. We have Creative Cloud. Um, we have wonderful paint programs. We have all these great tools. But then we are waiting for long periods of time for things to download and um, for the programs to run. So um, my advice for someone um, starting a digital arts program is to make sure that you have the um, computers and the resources that are going to support the Creative Cloud programs that you're going to teach if you're going to be using Creative Cloud because even with the age on the computers in the lab, we can't download several of the programs in that Creative Cloud suite. Mm. Um, we're limited, even though we're paying for the program, we're limited to the ones that we can use just because the computers don't have enough storage to handle them. Um, they're, it's a Mac lab that I'm sharing with the um, music tech teacher. Mm -hmm. And so he's had, he's had a, pro a technology program for a while, so the, they're getting some age on them. Mm. But um, the kids are wonderful. They are, they know technology more than I do. Mm -hmm. um, so I would just tell anybody that's scared, you just have to stay one week ahead of the kids. And if you run into a problem, you can just don't be afraid to say, hey, guys, you're probably better at this than I am. Who knows how to fix this problem? And I'm sure 10 hands will shoot up and they love being teacher helpers. So don't let the technology intimidate you. Just jump right in. Yeah, I think probably what I've learned is be really flexible because, like you said, technology doesn't always work. And then right. I'm like, so now I always have a constant running art lesson that's traditional based. Like, you don't even need a computer. <laughs> and so, because, um, you know, just things crop up. Like, I don't know, we had issues with the Adobe um, recognizing some of the user accounts when we first switched over to the... Uh, um, user-based license versus the uh, device-based license and so there was this week of trying to figure out well what's going on and so none of the software worked and I just was like let's just do some something traditional design related you know scissors cut out some shapes start going them down I mean it's still and and I thought that I feel like the students do like that break instead of always doing the computer stuff kind of nice yeah. to go back yeah, yeah. um I'm thankful to you for allowing me to use some of your curriculum, but what, what's nice about um, the stuff that you sent me is that there is built-in hands-on stuff, like when we're doing the stop-motion animation, um, we didn't even, that's what we were doing before we left for this break, um, they, we weren't even in the lab, everybody was building their sets oh, and cool. using modeling clay and kind of figuring out their storyboards. So for, especially for the kids that do like drawing and hands-on stuff, it, it, it's nice to spread it out with some hands-on artwork too in between each lesson. Well, if you guys are able to go back and finish, I would love to see um, some of the finished projects. I bet you that's awesome. Yeah, I told them if they have the stuff at home, um, they could use Legos, they could use toys from their little brother's room, they could use whatever they could find, and most of them have access to a smartphone that they can use the app that we were using in class, so um, I'm hoping to get some trickling in within the next week or so as they finish. Yeah, I loved when I first started teaching animation, we'd get all the projects together and they would finish, and then it was kind of like a you know, a little opening, like a premiere, you know, for the class, because then we'd watch everybody's stuff, and 
I will have to say, they were long classes the first year where I taught. They were two and a half hour classes each time, but they got on. They got a lot done. I was amazed by the stop motion work. That was probably the strongest stuff I saw. And even when I've taught stop motion with my current school, um, once again, it tends to be the stronger stuff. There, It just feels like it's smoother, the flow. And I, I don't know if it's just because it's so hands-on, they can immediately get that response right back and forth and it's less like I don't know the computer's great but when they do more of the hands-on there's like that continuity like they're more precise in the end results and so stop motion was like a good medium it just always the projects turned out better in my opinion but yeah I'm excited to see what what they turn in nice and then I was, uh, my, I'm getting towards the end of my list here. Um, the next question is, if you could go back in time and tell yourself when you were back in college something you've learned, and I have, this is twofold because you're an artist and a teacher, what would you tell yourself that you've learned over the this career that you've had that you would, you know, that would have been helpful if you'd known at the beginning? Okay, so two things. Yes. One is go ahead and get your master's done while you're already in school like don't wait until you're a wife and a mother and juggling everything else <laughs> to go back and get the degrees that you want if you would think you may want another degree uh-huh. go ahead and do it even though you're tired of school crunch through because um i've started i've i'm like a few classes away from being done with my masters but i just can't add another thing at this point with three kids going three different directions and um just trying to survive my life um so that was that's the first bit of advice go ahead and just finish whatever degrees you're gonna want and then the second one is you're gonna need a lot more technology than you think you are speaking of starting a new digital arts class um so take more um, digital arts classes in college because you're going to need it, especially the Photoshop. You know, um, it's funny you say that because I'm getting my um, MFA in illustration and I put it off, like I started this program 10 years ago and my son was at that age. He was only like mm, three years old and he would come up to me while I'm online doing my classes. He'd be like, Mommy, you don't spend time. You know, it's that mom guilt. Exactly. It's like, oh, it's hard. It's hard. And so I stopped and I said, you know what? I'm only get the one time to be a mom. And I know this is very old fashioned. And it's always like, but for me and my personal experience, everybody has different age. Some people can seamlessly juggle all of it. I just couldn't. And I, I realized like, I'll only be a mom this one time because then as he gets older, he's going to need me less. And I don't want there not to be any fun memories like you were just on the computer all these years. That's why I stopped. That's why I dropped out. (laughs) And so I waited 10 years, and I I feel like it was a good decision because my son got what he needed for the time of his life, and now he's older. He's a teenager. He don't want anything to do with his mom anyways. He doesn't (laughs) want to hang out with his mother. So it's like... It's, it's good. And I think my mindset, like, it's like now I'm so hungry for it. I'm like, I want this. I want to finish this. And though I'm tired <laughs> and I'm exhausted <laughs> and I was so burned out. My last class, I was like, whoa, this was a lot of work. But I got through it and I was like, I 
I don't know. I just like want it so badly now. I just want to finish it and to make that commitment and where I want to see myself. And it's not so much about a grade. Like before it was always like, what grade am I going to get? And it's really now I'm in the mindset of how can I be better than the artist that I was six months ago? I'm not competing with anybody in class. It's just me personally trying to develop as an artist. You know, everybody has their own path. They will do it a million and one, especially because you've been a teacher. You know, everybody's got like a million and one different paths that they'll take in their art careers or their art journey. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, I don't know. I look at it now. I'm just like, I'm in a better place financially. I'm in a better place just career wise that I can pursue it. So it was worth taking the 10 years to just take a break and focus and on being mom. That, right? My youngest is nine. <laughs> yeah. She'll be turning 10 this year. Oh, so yeah. I, I'm thinking in a few years when she hits high school, um, I'll probably have that hunger again, like you're talking about. I hope I do, because it's always been a dream of mine to finish um, my MFA. So Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I bet you you'll be raring to go and you'll be so prepared because I think and everybody feels differently about this because I know they say, oh, well, those who teach can't do or whatever. But I go like, let me tell you, as a teacher, if you've taught like a kindergartner all the way up into high school, you've had to explain some of these very complex like art concepts and you get that light bulb even in high school and they would be like, oh, and then you see that, you know, it makes you a better art. I just feel like it makes you a better artist because you could actually verbalize it, show it, and then do it. Right. And that's just, that's me, but everybody may feel differently. Cause I feel that way too. Yeah, I've met some great artists and some of them were not very good. To, you know, they're just, in your, in your lifetime, you go like, oh, they're great artists. They do beautiful work, but they have a hard time communicating what they're doing. They're like, well, I just liked it. So I went and did it that way. And I'm like, oh, that, I could use a little bit more explanation than that. But, you know, um, oh, and the last question I have, it's that deep question here. So at the end of your life, you've made all the art that you wanted and you've lived a full life. If there could be nothing left behind of your existence, but a note you've written with three final truths, what would these truths be? Okay, so these aren't necessarily art related. I guess they could be. Um, they're more just towards life. Is that what you wanted, oh, yeah. or you want a few more? It's just <laughs> whatever. Everybody kind of comes up with their own take on it. So it could be art related. It could be life related. Probably, you know, either way, a little bit of both. Okay. Um, the first one that pops in my head is that um, laughter is always the best medicine. Like, no matter what you're dealing with, if you're stressed, if you're sad, if you're fighting with someone, um, laughing always makes me feel better. Um, I, don't, I, I would hope that's this case for my family because when I have grumpy kids in the house, I tend to try to crack a joke. <laughs> um, the second is, and, and this is definitely true for my life, that sometimes God's no is saving you for a bigger, better yes later. So I can remember um, going to interviews and not getting hired um, and just, or relationships failing or the moving to a new city that I didn't want to move to or all of the answers that I took as no's that were very painful. Mm -hmm. If, if I step back and look, it was actually saving me for something bigger and better. 
further down the road. So I actually applied for a job um, teaching elementary school the year before I got um, offered the job at the high school. And I remember when someone else got offered the job, I was upset. It was like, I was like, what's wrong with me? Why didn't I get that job? But it was because high school is where I was supposed to be. So, And then the third is um, trust your gut. And if it feels wrong, it probably is. So, very those nice. are fine. Very nice. Yeah, I... Yeah, that's very insightful, and I've had some of those same things. You just go like, you know, and I look at everything as a learning experience. You know, it's all exponential, and it kind of, like you said, it's like there's something else that you're meant to experience. And even the the failures, I learn the most for things, like you said, the no's, the things that we associate with being maybe failure or whatever, those I learn the most from, and those I take away with me, and I go like, you know, you know, this has built me to be the person I am. And it sounds like you've learned a lot from the things that, you know, have taken you through your journey and it all worked out. So it's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I am amazed by the work that you've been doing with your students. I think it looks phenomenal. I go like great stuff. And I don't know, do you have um, some social media for your um, for your classroom, as far as your program that, um, I could, you know, I didn't know if I could share that in the description box or your own personal work that I could share. And I'll just put it. Um, I, the art club has created, uh, NAHS at SHS, um, Instagram site. I kind of, because we had like a PSC guy come and talk to us about social media, I've been leery of starting um, one that kids are a part of just because gotcha. it gets sticky. Um, but I have um, my Google Classroom and my teacher website and the mm -hmm. States for High School Facebook page. I always send them what the kids are doing and they post it on the States for High School Facebook page for me so that I don't have to worry about <laughs> the legalities of it. That's nice. So where could we maybe see um, your artwork and uh, check that out? Um, there isn't really a place to oh, see it right really? now. Um, I've had, some, I've had it up in the galleries and yeah. at the Everett Center in the okay. Rosengart Gallery and in my living room, but I haven't created a social media platform, um, for my artwork really? at this time. Oh, I you totally need to do that. How am I supposed to check out the dumpsters? <laughs> I'm like, I'm thinking I'm going to look up your Instagram. Maybe with all this time on my hands now, maybe that'll be my homework for okay. um, tomorrow. And then I can, I can send you. Yeah, definitely. Cause I, I, yeah, I would love to see your work on Instagram and stuff like that and check it out and everything. I just like to see what, I don't know. I just go through there and start looking through people's stuff, see what they're they're doing, and it's yeah, it's a nice little window into their into their studios. I do have an Instagram. I'll oh, yeah. um, I can post my Instagram, okay. my current artwork on there. Okay. I think it's H Kelly Art. Okay. But I'll double check. Yeah, just um, message that to me, and I'll put it in the description box and share that with everybody. But. And I'll update that. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much for being on this episode. And I've really enjoyed talking to you and hearing about yes. your art career and journey. Well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I feel like I'm not um, qualified enough to be on here, but I appreciate you. 
Oh, oh no, I think you're awesome. Such an excited um, spirit about you and the way you teach and everything. And uh, I, I can, I'm not, haven't been in one of your classrooms, but I can definitely tell by looking at your students' work and then your personality that it's, it's probably a lot of fun and just, um, just learn a lot in their, um, in that environment. So thank you again. Yeah, well, I hope so. That's the goal. Okay. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. This is My Creative Life. Bye.